Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Buddy. Just a quick shout out to The Wreck for hosting this podcast each week. The Wreck, way more than a bowling alley. We drop a new podcast every Friday morning with a new story that will impact someone. We hope that someone is you. Thank you all to the listeners each week who take the time to hear the stories of our guests. Please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast, give us a review, and share this podcast with your friends, family, and on your favorite social media platform. We want to get these messages out to the people and to impact the world one testimony at a time. This morning, I'm excited and grateful to introduce you to my friend and guest, Jack McAllister. Welcome, Jack. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Dude, it's awesome, man. It's great. Well, hey, you and I have ran into each other a little bit. I know you went to high school at Sprague, and uh, we kind of ran in the same circles just because I have daughters your age. Yes. So, but you and I, where did we see each other? French uh, Press. French Press. Yeah. That was recently, but even before then. Oh, you know what? You responded one time to, hey, let's let's, let's, do, let's do this podcast. When you time. announced it. Yeah. I, and I, I will be honest, I was totally joking and I said, hey, I'll make up stories and be entertaining, but I'm more than happy to be yeah. here and I'll tell the, I'll tell the good stories because I have a few <laughs> now. So. And then we saw each other at French Press, That's what, great. a month or so ago yeah. and here we are. So. Let's do it. So Jack, uh, I'm going to introduce you, uh, tell a little bit about what I know about you and uh, it's going to be a great uh, conversation. I can't wait. So, so let, me, let me do a little introduction real quick. Uh, here's what you say. Uh, I'm a guitar player learning piano. That's cool. I'm interested in ventriloquism. Did I say that right? Say it five times fast. Exactly. <laughs> Vent, yeah. Ventriloquism. Ventriloquism. I have I have a professional ventriloquist figure on the way. That's funny. It's been yeah, that's been like twelve years in the making. Okay. That I've been wanting one. Okay. And then a year ago I got it ordered and so, I'm still waiting for it. Okay. So there's that. Okay. In the process, hopefully becoming a Polk County Sheriff's Deputy. We'll talk about that and uncover what that really yeah. means because there's some news that came out about that. You're a novice poker player. Enjoy, uh, you enjoy spending time with your wife and family. You're trying to start a family. And you're learning to lean on God when struggles get difficult. Not getting hired somewhere, career struggles, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's dive in a little bit. Uh, I know you because you went to high school at Sprague. Yep. And when did you graduate? 17. 17. So you're, are you 24? Same as, yeah. Same as Molly. Same as Molly. Okay. Perfect. I don't know if we're the same age, but we did graduate. And when's your birthday? July. July. 99. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, let's dive into a uh, little bit about Jack. Um, I have some questions for you, but walk us through a little, little bit. Where'd you grow up? You know, what are some of those early life lessons? Uh, I know you got married to Tiffany. You've been married for what? How many years? Two years. Two years. Time flies. Right. Yeah. Two years last July. And uh, yeah, we're going to just dive into life. Yeah. So give us the early years of Jack and what makes you Jack? It's like an in- it's like an interview, huh? Kind of. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm a curious guy. I really, this is really what I love doing anyway. I love to, I want to know all about somebody. So I, but I have to understand where you came right. from to, to understand who you're, who you really are and how you're wired. So that's um, what we're here to do. Just out of curiosity, man. Okay. Well, uh, like I said, I was born in 1999, 90s baby. Yeah. Um, I was born in Salem, raised in Salem, went to school in Salem all through uh, elementary school yeah. to high school. Um, graduated from Sprague and then uh, moved into a, moved out right after I graduated. 
didn't like the apartment life. Yeah. And uh, we were fortunate enough to move into a duplex together, me and Tiffany. Mm-hmm. Um, I started at Shemekeda. Just kind of goofed around, was trying to figure it out. I knew I wanted to be in law enforcement or something of the sort, just public safety kind of in general, whether it was just some kind of first responder, whether it was firefighting or, you know, law enforcement or whatever. Um, got through Shemekeda. Got accepted at Western Oregon University after doing a little bit at Shemekeda and then enjoyed my time there, um, was just doing school, focusing mm-hmm. on that. When when it got a little bit easier, I got hired in the Western Oregon University Public Safety Office. I did some, uh, basically it was just like kind of remedial office stuff and then like dispatching their public safety officers. Um, really enjoyed that, kind of fell in love with the quote unquote private public safety field, um, the, the brotherhood of kind of the public safety field. I just love, um, I don't know what it is. It's just, I was never big into sports and I always thought sports were the same way. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a lot of brotherhood and a lot of learning about each other and, and building bonds. So Western was just like that. You know, we'd, we'd sit and hang out and talk and then they'd public safety officers would go do what they need to do mm-hmm. and then they'd come back and hang out. So that job was really fun. Um, and it was good for me because I got through doing homework and, and stuff while I was at work because it, I am at school. I may as well do some, you know, so I enjoyed that there. Um, ended up, I didn't lose the job, but you, when you graduate, that job isn't available. It goes anymore. away. Yeah. yeah it goes okay. away, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so right before I graduated, I was just scrolling Facebook and I was like, oh, Spirit Mountain Casino. Oh, they're, they're hiring for security. Well, whatever. Let's try it. Yeah. Didn't think anything of it. Thought, you know, it's just going to be just like just like Western, um, fun, loving, chill, you know. Got an interview the next couple days later. Um, got an offer right after the interview. Went in and and started and, and the my supervisor who still is my supervisor. He said, you know, we're, we're really like a little city in here. Hmm. And I just thought, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, it's just Whatever. mall cop, basically. That's what I cop, thought. Yeah. And then, you know, time went by day, I think day two, well, night two, technically. Um, we were dealing with this gentleman that really didn't behave very well when he had uh, certain liquids in his body. Hmm. And it was time for him to leave after you know, several years of him being an issue. And, you know, day two, like I said, nose to nose with me, you know, trying to fight. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say fight, but he was there. Yeah. And we were kicking him out. They just kind of threw me to the wolves and said, well, here you go, you know, figure this out because I I did have a little bit of public safety experience. And um, I I guess I didn't mention I'm, uh, I was a cadet here in Kaiser yeah. for, for several years. So I had experience with, you know, public contacts and stuff like that. And, and the casino knew that. So they said, all right, here's your, here's your chance to learn. And that was just really eye opening because it's mm. like, yeah, it really is like a little city in there because there's, you know, the casinos downtown and the lodges, the neighborhoods, and you know, there's fights in the lodge and there's mm. people stealing stuff and yeah. people getting hurt and people needing medical attention and all that. So, um, that was really eye opening to be like, okay, well, let's figure this out. I'm learning how this all works. One thing led to another that just the way the, the shift was staffed, I was really, really fortunate to get promoted to a, a 
supervisor, uh, a substitute supervisor and field training uh, officer position. And so I, about six months in, they said, well, here's a trainee. Get, get, get to teaching. Okay. And I thought, well, I barely even know my own job. But I mean, that's how I've learned my job so well is teaching other people. Hmm. Um, Isn't that the truth though? Yeah. I, I am really fortunate in that sense because I, I definitely feel much more confident. Yeah. Um, I used to just have conversations with my thoughts, with myself. That's like, what are you doing? You know, you're, yeah. you have all this, this quote unquote power that I don't know how to handle so-and-so when they do this or that, but I've just learned by explaining it to people and, and, and them clicking in their brain mm-hmm. helps it click in my brain kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that, that's uh, enjoyable. And I've been sent to so many different education courses and training classes and certifications from the casino that, you know, not a dime out of my pocket that mm. I've done, you know, uh, crisis intervention, uh, team stuff with, with Polk County. They, they certified us in that. And then I also got my, uh, emergency medical responder license, which is, you know, there's like a first aid CPR certified and then an emergency medical responder. And then, you know, an EMT basic is right above that. So that, that jump is pretty big mm-hmm. from EMR to EMT. But you know, I'm, I've got stuff that I can do. Um, I'm learning all kinds of things medical wise, and it's it's honestly, you know, kind of the way it's worked. I would I, I would change my career tomorrow, you know, and go into the medical field. It's just a lot of education that I don't think I'd be able to go back into. Okay, okay. So you may or may not become an EMT, is what you're saying? Or uh, yeah, I mean, it's something that I could just jump into. Shemekka has programs for it. I could I okay. could just go back to school and do it, and I, it would be great. But it's a lot of education and time I don't really want to make for it. Right. And right now, maybe that's not the right time, but maybe maybe down the road, it's something you might consider. At least the door's open to, yeah, to that. Totally. Well, this is kind of good to understand who you are, Jack, because I, I know you, but I don't know you that well. I right. don't know. So walk me back a little bit. How did uh, growing up, you know, parents, what was that like? How did your parents influence to who you are today? Uh, did you do sports in high school? Yeah. So I I could, t- I could talk about the casino and my job all the live long day, but prompting me to that is probably smart. Um, I didn't do sports in high school. I did a lot of theater. Okay. Um, awesome. Did uh, one musical, I think, actually with uh, Emily. Okay. We did Sound of Music. That's right. um, my freshman year, her junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, enjoyed that. Didn't do any other musicals because I just really liked focusing on the, the shows. Yeah. Um, the plays because it's comedy to me and usually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the theater teacher at Sprague did a lot of comedy stuff. Um, I enjoyed that kind of learning about how that works opened my mind to, Oh, Hey, you know, let's, let's focus on this. That's not something that just anybody can go, you know, not everybody can go to Hollywood and get famous, but that would definitely be neat to be able to do. Um, but I did enjoy that while I was at Sprague, uh, performing is just, enjoyable to me. Okay. Um, same thing kind of rolls in with the ventriloquism thing you were talking about. Right. Um, I've practiced that forever, you know, since elementary school or middle school, you know, I've always wanted to do that, but it's, uh, it's hard. It's not something you can just do overnight. You know, that, that takes practice. Was there, is there a, like the ventriloquist, you know, would you ever see yourself at uh, the Elsinore theater in downtown Salem with a show? I mean, is it, have you ever thought that big? Like, is that something you want to do? I've thought about that a little bit. Um, you know, everybody can dream and everybody can think about it. That's something that 
I would probably have to really, really focus on it and, you know, really go all in on it. Um, I, I go through so many hobbies so constantly. I mean, I'm yeah. probably like normal people, but yeah. even, even in, uh, what the wedding vows with my wife, Tiffany, she said, I promise to stand by you with, through all your hobbies, whether it be, you know, poker, ventriloquism, knife sharpening, you know, all these different obscure hobbies that I feel they're obscure, mm -hmm. all these different hobbies that she's bumped, bumped into over the nine years we've been together that nine years, that's nine years, a long time. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, 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 going all in on that would be cool. And, you know, going from a little Salem to the Las Vegas strip obviously would be amazing, but yeah, but, um, no, nope. I don't. I, I got, I got a family to think about and stuff. So doesn't mean you can't still dream a little bit. It sounds like you're a dreamer and like yeah. to think, think about those things, but, but you also play guitar. So tell me how long you've been playing guitar. I do play guitar. Um, I've been doing that since I was in fifth grade. Yeah. Um, the elementary, the elementary school I went to Sumter, the music teacher there was kind of triple threat, you know, singing guitar, piano kind of thing. Yeah. And that was always just really entertaining to me. Um, again, kind of back with the theater thing, just grew up with musical theater and musical movies and yeah. stuff like that, you know, movies made from musical theater shows. And I've just always loved it. You know, well, I just it always sounds like your it. creative side, like you're a creative guy and that's how you, you fulfill that creative part of your life. Yeah. Um, I, I, Try not to leave too much time open. Okay. Uh, I always say like, oh, you know, I'm going to sit down and play video games or oh, I'm going to sit down and get busy. I say I love video games. You know, they get boring really quickly for me. Mm. Um, music always keeps me busy. If I sit down and I'm focused on that, I could do it for hours. I, I really cool. enjoy that. Yeah. Okay. So you, you go to Sprague, you graduate in 17, you and Tiffany are dating, you go to college what sparked you to decide, hey, she's the one? Because I want to really talk about this Gen Z, you know, okay. these, you know, I've got a couple of Gen Z's in my house or <laughs> I raised a couple of Gen Z's. You know, there's a lot of thought about Gen Z's. I happen to really love Gen Z's. You guys are creative. You're thoughtful, purposeful, and you guys aren't always given that credit. Mm -hmm. But uh, walk me through, though, that journey of, Deciding Tiffany's the one. How'd you know, Jack? Because a lot of guys, eh, I don't know. They don't know that. They still. Yeah. But you're young. You're you're, well, probably 21 at the time. You guys get married at 22. You're now 24. Is that kind of the? Uh, yeah, I was. She had. She was three days away from turning 25. Okay. Uh, she turned 25 on our honeymoon, and I was two weeks away from turning 20. Okay, got it. Or 22. 22. Uh, I don't even know. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, it, we were fairly young. Um, I, I feel like that's fairly normal for it's high fun. school, high yeah. school sweethearts. You know, it, it happens. Um, I don't know. I, I couldn't pinpoint the exact time. It was like, okay, we're going to get married. But it was definitely just like the, the relationship in its entirety. Um, she has been there and the little voice on my shoulder every single thing I've done, whether it was, you know, again, seeing on Facebook, oh, the Kaiser police are hiring, you know, cadets. If you're hmm. 14 to 18 or 14 to 21 years old or whatever it was, come apply. And I was like, cool. Okay. Get my foot in the door. We live in Kaiser now. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, and then same with the casino, same with school. I would, 
not have a bachelor's degree if it weren't for my wife, mm. girlfriend, wife at the, at the time. So, um, so she makes you a better man. 100%. And I, I know that's so cliche and I always it's, roll my eyes before. It's cliche, but it's true. It's true. And it, it makes sense why people say it. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's the truth. It's totally the yeah. truth. So that's definitely a big part of, a big part of it. Um, when I knew, okay, she's going to be either a really close friend or, you know, a girlfriend or whatever in high school was when actually it was again with Emily. Yeah. They, it was December-ish of uh, my freshman year and all the theater and choir kids all ate in one area of the building, ate lunch in one area of, of the high school. And I was sitting there and Emily walked up. Oh, hi, Jack. Hey, hey, this is Tiffany. Look at her foot. And I looked down and she's got, you know, a missing big toe. That's I right. Like, oh, I remember that. Yeah. So it's like, well, this funny. girl is hilarious. You know, it's just. She's unique. Funny. She's unique. She's special. She's funny. Yeah. I mean, she can be annoying, but aren't <laughs> we all right? So. What does she say about you, Jack? Come I don't on. know. God, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I don't want to know. No, no she, uh, yeah. she's a, she is the most special person. And I, I never pictured myself being where I am, mm. at least at this point in my life, maybe. Um, I'm so fortunate that I've gotten through school. I have a really good job. Mm -hmm. I have somewhat of a career path lined up, yeah. but, um, I, I just getting married, trying to start a family. It's, it's crazy. And even mm -hmm. with having, you know, just getting the dog when we got a dog yeah. a year and a half ago or whatever, it was like, I have another life to take care yeah. of, you know, another being that can't take care of herself. You know, exactly. it's, it's weird. Yeah. Having a dog's a perfect first child. <laughs> I, I do agree. I think that's what everybody, you know, it's kind of, people are kind of split on. If you have a dog, you'll, you'll have, you know, easy kids. And then, oh, a dog's so much easier than kids. So I really just, I, I really just don't know about, I, I don't know. It's, yeah. It's all part of the adventure, right? Yeah, yeah. This is funny. Okay. So, you know, again, I want to really dive in a little bit, you know, from a Gen Z standpoint, when you look at your parents and marriage. Yeah. And, sorry. I keep going off on it. No, no, no. This is good. This is, this is a conversation. It's what we do. Uh, it's how it's meant to be. You know, there's no, I don't have a script. Um, but how did, how did Gen Zers or how do you as a Gen Z look at marriage maybe differently, differently than your parents, you know, marriage is for life. And yet marriage is the most humbling, difficult thing that we get into. And you're newly married. I've been married for a couple of days, but yeah. how do you, how do you, <laughs> how do you, how do you, how do Gen Zers look at marriage and how do you, how do you know it's going to last? Speaking on that is hard. Coming from a child of divorce and a wife that's a child of divorce, you know, we're all in on, hey, I don't really care what happens. We are, we will not get divorced. We will not put kids through that. Um, we wouldn't put other family members through that, any of that. Easier said than done, Easier obviously. Easier said than done, yep. But I, I think that maybe as a, saying as a Gen Zer is hard for me to say it because I consider myself maybe an old soul. So I think, okay, you know, focus on God, focus on marriage, family, the importance of all of this is number one, you know, the importance of, of those circle, you know, like, I, I don't know what I, how to say it, but family, friends, God, marriage, life in general is, is really important to just keep that strong. So when you, start talking divorce, it rings bells in my head of, oh, your parents were divorced or his parents were divorced and 50% of parents are divorced and, and, uh, 
the public safety field, there's some like outrageous percentages, like 59 or 60% of divorce rate and all that. And, and that's just the last thing on my mind. I mean, it's the forefront of my mind, but to do it or to make it happen, I would fight that till the ends of the earth is, uh, uh, to avoid that. You know, everybody fights. Everybody, everybody has struggles. Thank you. Everybody fights. Finding that balance is right. that's where you have to do that. You know, I've, I've often noticed that, especially with social media, you know, you're, I wasn't born with a cell phone. Your generation was born with, literally, you came out of the womb and, hey, here's your cell phone. I know it's a little bit of a joke, but, but social media gives this impression that people just show the good parts of their life. So then we think that everyone else's life is perfect, but in reality, nobody's life is perfect. Right. So how do you, how do you, as Gen Zers who spend more time on social media, I'm not saying that older people don't because now we're starting no, to. Yeah. Right. We all do. Yeah. We're all addicted to our cell phone. But I, I wasn't born with a cell phone. I didn't get a cell phone literally till I was 28. And it was a big, great big cell phone. Like oh, huge. Brick, yeah. It didn't have a camera on it. It had you know, one button. One button. Yeah. It was like this huge thing. So a lot's changed. But you were born with a cell phone with uh, social media. How do you, as a Gen Zer, deal with perception? What, you know, it looks like everyone else in their life is going great. And in reality, my life isn't going great, but I might look at someone else and go, oh, my life sucks. So how do you, how does the Gen Zer not be so- Navigate that. Yeah, how do they navigate that? That's a great question. Um, I was born at that perfect time where it was like, oh, wow, well, everybody's got a phone in their pocket. And then, you know, I get a little older. Oh my gosh, everyone's got a TV in their pocket. Oh my gosh, everybody's got this big, huge computer in their pocket. So- the only really thing I could speak on that is how big schools were on this isn't real. None of this is real. You're only seeing positives. You know, you, you have to seek out people on social media to see the negatives. Mm. Um, the, the push for that was always really prevalent, um, at least in my opinion. So I am able to differentiate those things. I mean, occasionally I do see, you know, even friends from high school that, they're graduate or uh, getting these great jobs and buying all these amazing cars and going on these trips. I think, oh, well, shoot, I sure wish I could have a supercar at 21 years old, mm -hmm. but I don't. No big deal. Yeah. That's their life. They fight with their wife or, you know, they have struggles with their yeah. work and education and all that. Um, I, it, it's also really humbling to remember. I do, I, I've gone on like three trips this year, like big ones. Good for you. Um, we're going to New York in a week. You know, I'm I'm not just sitting at home and working, or right. you know, I'm not I'm not miserable alone. I have to remind myself, hey, we do all of these amazing things. I'm so mm. fortunate, mm. and I think that that's maybe part of it is my brain, and I'm able to you know differentiate those things. Yeah, but the other part is like I was raised under this is fake. You know these these pictures you see, these posts so you real. see. It's a quarter of what people really live their life under. Yeah. Um, again, I think maybe that takes me back to the old soul thing a little bit, mm -hmm. but I I don't have a difficulty with that most of the time. Um, I can't speak on other people. I I would definitely say it's a very legitimate concern. Yeah, um, it ruins people's lives. Yeah, you know, it, it, some some ticks in someone's brain that 
they change their view on themselves because of what they see on the on the phone so or on the social media yeah well, I hear that's like the biggest cause of anxiety or depression is actually looking at someone else's life and wishing you could have their life. But what you're only seeing is only the good right. that they're showing. But how much of it is, how much of their life aren't they not showing? I would also say, how does gratitude play out in your life? Because gratitude is actually not wanting someone else's life or not wanting what you don't have, but actually realizing what you actually do have. And what you said, I have a wife, I love her. And we have a pretty cool life. We're going to New York City and we do some pretty cool stuff. I'm not just sitting at home. Right. And how do you, how do you look at gratitude as just a way of maybe grounding you in what you, what you can actually be joyful about? Um, I, I, I won't sit here and say, oh, you know, I worked, I mean, I do work hard and I did work hard, but I, I cannot, I mean, it's a lie if I sat here and said I worked really hard to to get where I am. I'm really, really fortunate. Like I said, I, I didn't pay a dime for college. I sat and did homework and then did whatever I want every day after school when I was in my, in college, because I was fortunate enough to have a, an investment account set up for me when I was born. You know, I, I am a trust fund baby, Yeah. you know, three quarters of a trust fund baby. Yeah. Um, it, it, it changed my opinion just you know monday i thought one thing and tuesday i thought another because i was raised hey jack you're going to college you never have to worry about a thing and then when i got there it was like well jack you still are gonna have to work you know you still have to do college you know you can't just skate by and so i made sure to focus on things that bettered me um getting through school doing school and work if I needed to, but, um, I was always very grateful. I mm. never took it as, oh, I, I earned this. I deserve this. I didn't, I was given everything I have, you know, I mean, now it's a little bit less and I'm doing things myself, obviously, mm -hmm. but I, I am definitely not somebody who had to fight, fight for their, their place. Mm. I've just been very fortunate. So I can say with my whole fiber of my being, I was raised well enough to say thank you and be appreciative hmm. whether or not I was given everything. And and I, that sounds horrible now that I say it out loud, yeah, but, yeah. but I shout out to mom and dad and grandparents, you know, I, I was raised well. So, yeah. so the gratitude to me just comes easy. You know, I, I don't, I don't worry. I don't, uh, have to scrim and save, I am just thankful for it. You know, mm. I, I, it sounds wrong and it sounds selfish, but, um, I'm not trying to be boastful when I say that, but it's truly, I am so fortunate and it set up a good baseline for me to be able to have a good work ethic and work hard enough to live the life I'd like to live. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a difference. I mean, back on the social media thing, there's a difference from being in Cabo every other weekend and, you know, being able to eat out every night to me, being able to eat out at a restaurant every night, that's living large, you know, totally. I can go to McDonald's three times a day if I want to. I remember in high school, I had to call my mom. Um, can I have McDonald's money? You know, can I have lunch money? But now I, I go whenever I want, you know, and that, that to me is my success story because I don't need a lot. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to have a fancy car and all that, but it's, it's out there and it'll happen huh. eventually, you know? Well, it sounds like you, the way I see you, Jack, is uh, a few things. You, 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 you definitely live a simple life. You're grateful. You don't take for granted the lessons that your parents taught you and your grandparents. And I think you're actually crushing the, um, the stereotype of a, of a Gen Zer. And I like that because, you know, you, you, you Gen Zers are entitled. You're this and you're that. No, you're not. I, it's definitely there. And, and they say with every stereotype, there is a sense of realism to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I see it and I understand where it comes from and there, and I could just be talking out of nowhere and somebody else listening to this will be like, who does Jack think he is? You know, I, I definitely have those moments, but at the end of the day, I can look at myself and be like, Hey, you know, I did good today. I'm successful. I'm here. Yeah. Um, there are times, you know, at my, my job, it's very rare, but there's times where it's like, wow, I'm really lucky to get out of that situation. You know, I'm lucky mm -hmm. I'm not injured or I'm lucky I'm walking, you know, there's, there's times that that happens, you know, you get that little leg shake and you yeah. get the dry mouth when, <laughs> when you got someone screaming in your face, it, it happens. So I, I can see all those things as, as, as being lucky. Um, mm -hmm. and on top of it, I've, I've worked for, worked for it now and I can, I can enjoy the, the so, trappings of it. Yeah. So how long have you worked for the casino? I've been there for two and a half years. Okay. So you're really enjoying that this yeah. time of your life, whether you yeah. stay forever or not, you're enjoying where you're at. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's, it's my first full-time job and going from a place like Western, like I was saying, it was really just a hangout session. I mean, it was like this, you just hang out with your, your yeah. guys, um, going from Western being a hangout session every day to, okay, you're here, you know, we have an attendance policy you get your hours of break every day, you know, hour, or hour break every day, you know, you get, you have to follow these job politics, all that. And I was like, oh God, you know, this place is hard to keep up with. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's normal. You know, it's everybody normal. says it's yeah. normal. It's yeah. a job. Whether you're at an office in a cubicle by yourself or sitting in the casino, it's, it's gonna end up the same because there's politics everywhere. There's people that don't like you and that you don't like people and, navigating that is torrential waters, but you figure it out. Yeah. You know, everybody does it. And I just have to keep reminding myself of that. That's good. Just people acclimate. Well, we start out something. It's like, Oh, this is hard. Uh, a week or a month or a year later, like oh, this is easy. It's, it's normal. Mm -hmm. So we have to convince our brain it's normal. Yeah. So, so I was here this morning at the wreck and, uh, there's a group that meets on Friday mornings, a Bible study group of young men. And one guy, Tristan, he's, He's, well, he went to high school. I actually went to high school with him. Yeah. I didn't, he didn't know that and you didn't know it until no, you I, walked in. Yeah, like, I didn't know that. Yeah. I know you. But before you came in, it was funny. I go, hey, Tristan, what are what are some questions we could ask this guy, Jack, when he comes in? A Gen Zer, because you're a Gen Zer. And so the, here's, a th here's three questions. Then he gave me a fourth one. First question is, uh, when you think about kids, what do you think the hurdles are for raising children in today's generation? Because now that I know that you and Tiffany are mm -hmm. trying to have a family, What's that look like for you guys? Is that scary? Yeah? Uh, we, I mean, we kind of touched on uh, the divorce thing. That's huge. Um, it's huge for me. And I think it's probably even bigger for Tiffany. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. Work ethic, you know, uh, give kids the life of, you know, they never have to worry, but they're still gonna 
work for it. You know, they they mow the lawn, yeah. clean the house, do the dishes, you know, stuff like that. You know, you, you can't go into parenthood expecting a little assistant, but if you do it right, you might get one. I don't know. You could probably speak on that better than I could, but All right. I, I've, I've grown up around children and my, my, my wife, my mom owned a preschool all my life up until like 2013. Okay. So I've grown up around education and children and, and all that. And I've, I've always been focused on wanting to be a parent. Um, I just will give half of my life. My kids will have and the other half will we'll work our hardest not, you know, with, with, with parental difficulties or family difficulties, mm-hmm. you know, you, yeah. you, I've always thought kids won't, my kids won't struggle, but they will have a good work ethic and they'll work for it. You know, it's good. It's a little convoluted, but I was going to say, <laughs> uh, the lesson I learned from my parents, you know, life wasn't perfect by the way, but they were good parents and two things. They love me unconditionally. And yes, I get beatings when I needed them. You know, <laughs> there's that, there's that older generation that coming older out generation. here. We don't get Son, that. You're getting a spanking. Okay, cool. But, uh, the main thing I think my, my dad and mom taught me was work ethic. It's the one thing that nobody can take away. And that was a struggle. Um, you know, son, you're going to mow the yard. And back then we had like a half acre yard right. and it's a push mower and you're going to chop the wood. And, and, and so, but that's what, how I grew up. I grew up. And so raising kids, I didn't want their life to be easy because life doesn't, life is not easy on people. And so if I'm going to make life easy for my kids, they're going to struggle even worse. So the best thing I can do is, you know, hey, we have chores, we have responsibilities. And uh, I think my only advice for you, Jack, is love your kids unconditionally, teach them truth, biblical biblical truth. Yeah. And teach them how to work. Yeah. Like, there's no free lunch, kids. Right. What? Yeah. No free lunches. So, anyway, I don't want to go off no, on my I, rant. No, I completely agree. But uh, I can see in your life, your parents and your grandparents taught you work ethic. Yeah. So. It's always it's always got to be there. Yeah. Uh, one question was, do you invest in cryptocurrency? Yes. <laughs> a little bit. All right. What, which, uh, I was, which platform? I was into the into the Dogecoin, like right when it started to kind of blow Tristan up. Tristan will laugh because he was totally into Dogecoin. So I, I think we all probably were. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was into that quite a bit. And we actually bought our dog with Dogecoin. So it cashed worked. out like a good amount, a good chunk of it. And boom. Got a, got a dog with it. So, But other than that, no, I'm not into cryptocurrency. I'm well, into the old school investments. And what, what got you out of cryptocurrency and then what are you investing in now? Um, it got so busy. Uh, I didn't really care to learn hmm. about that. Um, my investing kind of came from like, oh, well, you have, you know, a Roth IRA. You put money into it once a year and then you forget about it. Yep. And then you do it again the next year. Yep. And... I spoke with a investment, whatever you call them. And he said, well, you, I want to set this account up with you. I want to get to know you. What What are your goals and what are your investment goals? And I said, well, I want to have a Ferrari when I retire. And he goes, we can do better than that. So that that gave me a little bit of positive okay. you know, okay. <laughs> reinforcement right. to think, all right, well, I'll do a little better than a Ferrari. I think you're doing just fine. So yeah. okay. that's, that's big on that. Um, but I am definitely a, here's my money, you do it. 
investor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do whatever you need to get me rich down the road, so I don't have to. It's to wise, bother, man. You know, yeah. You're 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 trusting the system. You're being a good steward of your money, and you're not dabbling. You know, cryptocurrency you can dabble, and I saw many people, even millionaires and billionaires, go broke. Yeah, the whole Sam Bankman Fried. Uh, what what was that? What was that guy's name? Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but yeah, it, it, I I I definitely like the idea of it because there was a little bit of a gamble to it, but they you you don't gamble what you're not able to lose. Right. So that's right. Because you mentioned well, that's part of what you mentioned. Yeah. Like you said, uh, I'm a gambler, but in a good way. Ha ha. Um, talk about that. What do you mean by that? Uh. Never gamble more than you can lose. Um, hey, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, don't 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 gamble on margin. And- right, exactly. You don't you don't go into a situation and be like, okay, well, I'm gonna win today. You know, I can't buy lunch because I'm gotta go gamble. I'm gonna win today. Um, I see that, especially after working at the casino. Because you work in the casino, man. Yeah, as I, I I was like this. You know, right when I turned twenty one, it was like that. That's this is gonna be my life is gambling, and whether or not you know it was something that kind of started to grow, or I just became interested in it. So I saw more of it. Uh, I saw a lot of all kinds of casino stuff, you know, TikTok, Instagram, whatever. I saw that. And it's like that, that degenerate lifestyle is so cool. And then it's like, no, it's really not because now I see it. Mm. I see these guys coming in with, you know, their ratty pants and shoes and, and they just lose everything, you know, I bet they're pay their, their mortgage payment on. Yeah. And I can't imagine. Um, so I, go into a casino if I am going to spend some money. And it's like, I'll, I, I'm going to lose it. And if I win, it's great. But yeah. I'm going to lose it. So mm-hmm. I, I I mean, for example, we went to Canada in uh, July. Yeah. I said, I want to stop off at this casino that's there in Vancouver. It was this big, beautiful casino, the park, Vancouver. And went in and I was like, oh, they have a poker room. I'll sit down and play. You know, I always lose. I say, oh, I'm so, I'm so, I enjoy poker so much. I, I'm so great at it. I lose all the time. I never win. So I sit down at this poker table and I was like, oh my gosh, maybe it's just because the Canadians are so nice, but I'm sitting here winning, you know? And I see where that, that ticks in someone's brain. They're like, I will never lose. I'm the best. Because then I lost, you know, Uh-oh. and that happens. I, I did leave the casino with money. I never leave the casino with money. I left the casino with about a half half of what I went in with. Okay. So so I was proud of myself, you know, little goals, meet those little goals. But right. but I, I'm always ready to lose it. And that's where gambling becomes a problem. So mm-hmm. when I say g- gambler in a good way, because I don't ever go hungry, I guess is my, yeah. my point to you that. You gamble what you want, what you agree that you're going to lose. Right. And uh, you had fun. And I had a great time. Yep. There you go. Most of the time. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Well, dude, this has been fun. This is uh, good to know you a little bit more. We'll hear your story. Yeah. Um, I think you, you're, this message can be great for a lot of millennials to, I guess, know that you guys are appreciated. Yeah. You are the next generation that we need to pour into and not blame you and think you're entitled. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. No, I'm serious. It's just, but uh, I, I, I actually love millennials. I, I, they have a great perspective. And so what is, uh, as we wrap up, maybe what are some thoughts that you want to leave us with? What are what are some of those visions that you have for Tiffany and marriage and kids? Uh, is there a trip that you want to take? Um, give us something I'll that you're you thinking of. Yeah. Um, 
like we kind of touched on, I'm, I'm working into getting a career in law enforcement. Yeah. Um, it has been hard. It's a long process. Um, you start with an interview. Well, you start with a big application to begin with, and then you get an interview. And then if they like you in the interview, they generally say, okay, here's a piece of paper. This is what we want to pay you. This is what you have to do to have a job. And it says you'd have to pack your pass your big long background investigation and you have to pass a psych evaluation and a medical evaluation and a drug test and all that. Yeah. But the background investigation is what is big. So I, for example, uh, I start was got an offer with a department, had to go through the background in, evaluation process. And after completing the digital um, binder, basically in at the end was about 218 pages with 35 documents I had to upload and, you know, pieces of paper that had to be filled out and 30 relatives and six references and all that stuff. You know, just every time you've sneezed almost is how, how it feels, you know, filling that stuff out. And I thought, okay, you know, I got this. I've focused really hard and I've tried really hard and I've had all this experience at the casino and they're going to love me. A couple weeks later, you get the call. Unfortunately, we're not going to be moving you forward. Hmm. You know, and it's, that's super humbling because it's like, you're telling everybody and yeah, I'm going to be a, a police officer and I'm so excited and I've worked and wanted this for so long. And then you got to go do the, you know, the, the tail tuck between your legs lap and be like, well, yeah, unfortunately it didn't work out. Hmm. All right, God, what do I need to do? Hmm. Pray, think about it read better yourself okay a couple months goes by let's try it again nope you know same thing mm. and and that it, that happened you know all right god this is getting tough man i can't do this again can't handle this again give me the right opportunity mm. all right one more time let's try it all right this department said you know they like me they said hey we want to bring you on you know this is time same thing, you know, and that was just, just this week. So okay. it's, it's the most humbling thing in the world. And every time it's like, you know, God's not there for me. Ooh, the second you say it, it's like, Ooh, even just saying it as a story, yeah. it's like, oh, watch it, man. Careful, bro. Watch it, man. So working that, working that out, you know, even when you're angry, yeah. Careful, man, because that'll come back to bite you. Yeah. It's it's not something you want to mess with too much. So, do you believe God has a plan for you through this? Even though he's teaching you some humility and he's not opened that door yet. Where are you at with all that? Um, now that it's been a couple days, I'm back to back to that thought. There is that plan. That's not my job to hmm. have, and it's not my job to decide when that happens, hmm. you know. Um I've known forever. It's God's job. What God prepares, it's all laid out. Hmm. It's not, it's not your decision to make. It's going to happen when it happens. And right when, you know, you get that no thanks, but no thanks. It's like, nobody's out there for me. You know, I'm yeah. surrounded by the world, but alone. And that's how it feels. And then two days later where I am now, it's like, okay, you know, I'm good. I'm good. And God has a plan. But finding that when you're there, right there, when it happens, you got to find that. It's and that's e the most important thing. Easier said than done. Right. Exactly. You know, when we're not in it and you're in it, oh, just, you know, trust in the Lord. And yeah, that's all easy. That's fine until you're in it. So right. I like that. I mean, you're being transparent about 
the journey. Yeah. It's a struggle. Yeah. It just is what it is. And and it doesn't mean God has left you. It doesn't mean Jesus still didn't die for you. He did. But he's got a plan for you, and it's in his timing. And will we wait upon him and just trust in him? That's... It's something you just got to keep reminding yourself of every day. Good, bad, and ugly, hmm. right? Yeah. Hey, Jack, this has been encouraging, by it's the great. way. I, I love this. I love that you're a young guy, you know, struggling through life like the rest of us. Me too. And I've got a few years on you, right? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. But God's good. And But I appreciate the time. And, uh, well, we're going to wrap up. But uh, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you I'll for be, having me. I'll be praying for you. I'll be great. watching you. Um, and, you know... I can't wait to see what happens, what God does for you, open those doors, if and when he does. Yeah. So. And if he doesn't, he's still there. That's right. Even if he doesn't, he's still there. So, well, thank you for all who are listening this week. We appreciate you. I appreciate you listening to Jack's story. I hope that will impact you in some way. We know it will impact someone. We just don't know who. But reach out. We'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love to get a review from you. Uh, Maybe on Jack's story, what did it mean to you? How did it impact you? And uh, thanks for listening. We'll, We'll see you next week.